Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to your AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show for December 23rd. Believe it or not, we've got dude Felice here. We've got Christmas spirit that I'm not going to lie, kind of dwindled a little bit during these three hours of wrestling was not the strongest shows as to be expected, no. but we are going to break it all down with you. We're going to talk SmackDown. We're going to talk AEW Rampage, get in those super chats, get in those humper chats, go on twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming and send us your biddies if you want to support. That would be so welcome. Please send in your super chats and humper chats because guys... We're going to need your help getting through this. This was not the best three hours of wrestling in the world. It's Christmas. I don't think it's out of the question to ask for some Humper Chats for Christmas. Yeah. Please, sir. Can we have some Humper Chats? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we appreciate your support today and all year. I, uh, because I'm silly, was like, I'm going to see how many podcasts I did this year. I was like, I bet it's somewhere close to like... I was like, I bet it's around 175, give or take like 20. Um, and then when I added them up, it was over 300. <laughs> You're averaging getting, nearly one a day. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I was like, I wonder uh, I wonder what next year will look like. But I say that because uh, we are getting toward the end of the year, as you said. And I love to talk about wrestling. But I don't love it more than I love working with great people. And I've been able to do that all year, both at Fightful and in other stuff. Um, and I get to do it with a really great community that we've built in the process. And we're so thankful for your support. I'm so thankful to to be here at Fightful. Um, this past year has been really, really awesome. I came in at like the the mid, just over the midway mark last year, I think. My, my, first, uh, my first official show was in August, I think. So um, I just really appreciate it. It's been a very weird year for me in general. And getting to come here and hang out with people like DeFelice, like Alexis when he's here. Having Luis keep all the idiots out is is fantastic for us. And um, I just, I really appreciate it. And I just wanted to express that because you guys are awesome. It's a, it's a dream to get to do this. And it's a dream to 
get to do it with great people and in a, a safe environment. So we all love you here at Fightful. We appreciate it. And even on a night like tonight, when the wrestling was a little bit mediocre, we still get to have a bunch of fun. So we are going to get into it. Yeah, gonna... Let's just be real. This job isn't, you wouldn't be able to do it without working with great people. So that's what makes this worthwhile. And yeah, I echo everything you said. It's a blast to work with not only you, but Sean, Jeremy, Colin, everybody that I work with at literally every site I work at. They're all just great people. And I've been nothing but fortunate this year. Yeah, and it can be it can be really noisy out there. It can be kind of toxic, right? We we certainly see yeah. that on social media all the time. So knowing that you can kind of carve out this awesome place to be is a, a really, really fun thing. And we're going to kick off with Rampage and maybe the only thing that I feel like was kind of awesome of the whole night of wrestling. Uh, we had kind of a fun trios opener here. I think they called it a We Three Kings <laughs> match. The $300,000 Three Kings Christmas Which Trios Casino, Casino Battle, Battle Royale or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a wild name. I don't know if they run it back next year, but it was a lot of fun to watch. No, I think it's uh, almost intentionally fun. Like if you uh, if you're a fan of The Office, if you remember when Michael did the fun run and it was like the the rabies fun run and celebrity without like it had a ridiculously long name. Poor the cure. That's what this reminded me of. Super long, but. Um, I'm not usually like in love with battle royals, like kicking off matches or kicking off shows, but I thought this one was a whole heck of a lot of fun. We see AR Fox and Top Flight come away with the win here, which I think was fun. Kind of the bigger story to come out of this, I think, was Hangman Adam Page came down there because the Blackpool Combat Club was in here, of course, uh, to to lay it in on Mox, which was really fun and. I feel like this closing stretch was some of my favorite work that was done in it. I really, really liked kind of this Claudio versus top flight stretch that we got because Claudio is so impressive um, that him being in there with two guys who are so athletic is just a really fun combination of things. Uh, kind of a fun wink and a nod Jericho on commentary talking about how barbaric the swing is and how it should be banned. <laughs> kind of like a, Digging a little bit at the people who felt like tapping out to the swing was a lame finish. I thought it was awesome, but he he really put it over tonight. Uh, I, th I thought this was pretty fun. I feel like this is definitely an end of the year feeling, not a big story show, but we did get the sequence with Hangman and, and Mox, so we're going to see that tension build out. And I love that uh, AR Fox and Top Flight took this away because I think it does mean more to them than it might to Blackpool Combat Club. I don't know if they necessarily gain as much of the rub. They kind of are already cooking. So what did you think of this opener? And do you think if me and you and a third person form our own trio, we can convince Sean to give us 300 grand? Um, well, maybe if he's one of the three, I think we can get that done easily. But if not him, <laughs> I think, uh, I think we, we call him Jeremy. I think we might get it done. But... I, this was easily the best thing across either show tonight. A lot of fun. Got a lot of good stars on it. People love seeing Orange Cassidy. People still love the Dark Order. I'm a little ready for them to go away for a little while. Um, there's LFI was here. with uh, Instead of Andrade, you've got uh, Preston Vance. A lot of fun. I really think the spotlight was on top flight. I wish 
Hangman would have eliminated Mox instead of uh, Dante, even though Dante eliminated two world champions. That has to put him somewhere in contention for something. But I thought it was a lot of fun, and Claudio is the man, and I don't know how every wrestling company doesn't just use him on top. Yeah, he's incredible. Uh, I agree with you. I think I think this was pretty fun. I was I'm really glad to see best friends in the ring because they felt so important to the tag division at one point, and they kind of were shelved and not really in stories for a while. And then when Orange Cassidy began his title reign, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, like they kind of started to come back in. So seeing them full on in this, I think was a, a whole heck of a lot of fun. I like watching them work. We got a uh, meet Normus chiming in with a generous super chat. Thank you so much. Meet Thank Normus. Thing. Can't watch live, but happy holidays. Fightful faithful. Peace. Love meet Norm. You together forever. Then now forever, meet Norma's. Well, thank you. And if you're watching back, we hope you have a wonderful and safe holiday. He's always so wonderful yes. and supportive. He's He's been great. And we've got Brick Bat chiming in saying, Team Kebab, miss y'all. Merry Christmas. WWE, just it's good enough. Mike dropped after the bloodline talky stuff from the start. Love, Sammy. Yes, we will talk about that. Um, Sammy has been such a like delightful just a, I don't think anybody thought like he'd be one of the most valuable wrestlers of the year when he was fighting a guy from Jackass at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like I think if you look at it, well, we'll get into it, but Sammy definitely turns nothing into something all year long, and it it becomes his year because of it. Yeah, it's really impressive, and I'm a I'm a Sammy Mark. I've loved that dude for a long time, so it fills my little Mark heart. Uh, we've got Brent Lockman saying, D's nuts roasting on an open <laughs> fire. And we appreciate the seasonal reference. Go get that merch at uh, shopaw.com because they do have it on a sweatshirt, which is absolutely fantastic. We got to talk about Eddie Kingston later, partner. He's one of my favorites in the whole wide world. I can't wait to talk about him. Uh, but we, oh no, we get to do that right now. What am I saying? How fantastic. We get to talk about this Eddie Kingston and Ortiz promo right now. I'll say this, this episode, even though it was just kind of there for a lot of it, they still fly by. I love these one hour episodes for that. It's, it's super nice to like, yes. it's so digestible when it's an hour of wrestling. I, I really appreciate it, but we get to talk about Eddie Kingston in Ortiz. I thought this was really fun in the same way that I think LA Knight is the right person to call Bray out on his spooky S word. Like, I feel like Eddie Kingston kind of cutting through some of the weirdness of Malachi Black is really fun. But the big thing is here, kind of looks like Ortiz might be aligning with House of Black. We see Eddie give this promo. We see House of Black appear. And Ortiz has his wrist taped up. And Eddie Kingston is kind of questioning Ortiz's loyalty. And I find that really interesting because Santana isn't a guy that you would kind of peg to join House of Black, right? And... There is a part of me, you know, we don't know what's going on with Santana. There's definitely a part of me that would love to see a, a proper run with the three of them. There's part of me that really wants to see Diamante on my screen and to for her to kind of run with them, I think would be really fun. But this is a very interesting story. I think it's a really good use of Eddie Kingston. I miss him being in a like high profile feud on my screen. He's so valuable because... He makes everything feel important, even if it's not anywhere near a title picture, because he just wants to kick ass and takes names, and he's going to give you a really good promo and reason to do it. 
Uh, I, I found this super interesting, and this isn't somewhere I would naturally have put Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston going through every member of House of Black are all matches that I want to see. What did you think of the promo we got here? And what do you think of maybe where the story might be heading? Kingston was fine, obviously. Him being the no-nonsense New Yorker kind of saying, cut the shit and just <laughs> let's get to the actual meat of the matter. And then Malachi Black gets on screen and legitimately says nothing. A word salad of nothing that is supposed to allude to, hey, don't trust Ortiz. And I was a little disappointed if there's ever a time for a what chant in 2022. <laughs> it was this and no one said a thing. So Ortiz, it's like, can we trust him? I don't know. Will we ever see Santana again? I don't know. Will we ever find out what the beef is there? Don't know. I'm just glad that these guys are all on my screen. And I yeah. hope that continues going into next year. I agree with you. I I wasn't even... I really wish that House of Black was there. Like, I, it kind of felt like I wanted that to be an... Because there's tension there and they might be trying to pry someone away. I feel like those segments are always better kind of in person. I'm sure we'll get one of those as the story evolves. And it's also the holiday. So if people want to go hang out with their family, God bless them for doing that. Yes. But... I kind of feel like part of the tension got cut out by the fact that they weren't there. So that kind of dampened it for me a little bit, but I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued to see where this is going. I'm also very intrigued, Robert, by many of the stories that are behind the paywall on Fightful Select. Of course. Gonna remind they're the you. best stories. They're best the best $5 in the industry, I've been told. Uh, yeah. So much good stuff. Got uh, news on Edge I read earlier this week. We've got stuff on just the Miro situation. I know there's notes from uh, Dynamite's main event this past week. There's just so much good stuff on Fightful Select. There is so much good stuff. And I didn't even have to give the plugs. You did. And I forgot I am with a bonafide Edgehead. So we're going to take a minute to do this because there's not a ton to talk about wrestling wise today. But I do have to ask you because Alex and I have been through this a few times oh no is this picture not uploaded under this thing we got to talk about it, it's months old now but now i have to i have to bring it up where is it i'm gonna find you sorry we're sour grabs for a second we need to talk yeah. about sexy edge yes this, this, just... this ai uh generated photo of one adam Come copeland on. You know, Come on. that You know what? You just said it. This is Adam Copeland. This is not Edge. He he got a role in uh, Percy Jackson off of this photo, I believe, because they were looking at headshots. And they said, that is a nice, you know, middle-aged man. Nice undercut here. I don't know what he's done in his life, but he it's looks like someone who's clearly a well-put-together individual. Which is not what, who Edge is. See, not this is who where, Edge is at all. This is... This is he looks like a doctor on Grey's Anatomy, Robert. And I know you are a big Edge fan, so it hurts to have to, like, critique this. But, like, Edge does not have soft, supple skin. All no, right. he does and not. This... Especially uh, especially modern Edge does not. <laughs> no. Modern Edge is actually very proud of the fact that he looks very weathered. In the yeah. Face. Like, he's, he's been through it, and he's proud of that. Nothing about this photo says, I have grit. I, <laughs> I am a rated R superstar. Nothing. No, but good this... on his agent for making sure that that's the photo that gets out there. I know, right? It was just it. I'll. It caught me off guard. It caught me off guard, Robert. But 
this was months ago, but you're such an edgehead. I was like, oh, I have to bring this up now that we're talking about edge because <laughs> I was like, we never got Robert's thoughts on it. And it kind of it kind of broke kayfabe for me in a way that broke my heart. I almost I almost as attractive as he looks, I don't want sexy Edge that version of him. Yeah, it's a little too much. And I'll, I'll just say as a whole, I think the Edge run too much Adam, not enough Edge for me on this second go around. That's a very very fair thing. I think the flippant heel face turns have were were harmful. Were harmful to that because he kind of turned heel for no reason and then he kind of turned face for no reason. It was weird. We didn't really get, like, story around it. But we're not here to talk about Edge. But we might be because Robert's on the stream and loves him. But for now, we're going to talk about Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia in this interview. Garcia doesn't like Sammy. Um, He was in full hater mode here. He was like, I don't like anything about you and kind of dressed him down. Sammy responded. Uh, I like where this is going, I think. Like, I like this as a feud, but I really feel like if Garcia was going to be the baby face at the end of this, why didn't you do this with Danielson, like, eight yeah. weeks ago or whatever? Like, I, I loved that story. The double turn thing didn't really, like, do that for me. It never felt like they recovered from it because it felt like he just kind of went away for, for a few weeks right after they did all that work, right? So didn't really pay it off. But from what I saw on my screen tonight, I liked it. I know people feel like Garcia like might not be the most charismatic guy in the world, but I feel like you can be very charismatic without being uh like hyper and down your throat about things. I think he's great. I love his promos. I think he's hilarious. I loved him just like running Sammy down here. What did you think of the segment we saw tonight? And what do you think of these two probably duking it out in the ring? I think, as you said, way, way too late for this. Should have happened like around the time of September when they were doing the brawl out, fallout kind of stuff. This was objectively the funniest thing I've seen from Sammy all year, where he just goes, you need a hug. And he hugs him and he's like, can you feel me? I, I thought that was genuinely funny for a guy who people really dislike Sammy Guevara. They really don't like him. Yeah. And I thought this was good. And I think going into the new year, this will be a fun uh first quarter feud for them yeah i think this could be really good i'm interested to see what happens in the ring because i feel like their styles are different enough in a good way it could be really compelling i felt like sammy's match against mox last week was one of his better ones i talked extensively about how i felt like mox helped him close some of the logic gaps that he normally can not not like so bad but like sometimes his no selling can interfere for me as a viewer like it, it takes me out of it a little bit um so I'm, I'm intrigued to see what we get from it i i don't think anybody has had like an aw i don't know how many people have had like worse creative years than sammy guevara and i don't know how much of it is whoever's fault but like the scorpio sky feud didn't do any favors um and he just keeps popping in and out of being Jericho's lackey as like a fallback. And I, I don't love that. So I hope for his sake that he gets proper heel heat and not heel heat. If you, if you don't like someone because of their personal life, you're a dork in my opinion. Like you, you don't know. These I think, I think that's what it mostly for Sammy. I think that's what it boils down to, but he was also paired on screen for a long time with Dan Lambert. 
are opposite Lambert. And I think that that doesn't help anyone for the same reasons. So Sammy needs a reboot in 2023. I agree. I hope that creative can set him up right. Cause I, I, Oh no, he got married to a, re- of a stunning woman. Oh, I hate him. Like relax. You don't know what's going on. It's like, but I will say like creatively, I, I feel like that's part of what happened. Like people started to turn on him because of that. And then even though Eddie Kingston fully owned that he instigated someone, everybody was like, screw Sammy. We love Eddie. So uh, I, I hope that he just gets to turn a new page in 2023 because I think he has some serious in-ring skill. Matthew Plus saying Katie looking like a red limp chili pepper. All right. And I'm sorely tempted it. to say if you don't want your chili pepper to be limp this holiday season, but I don't think they're sponsoring that. So, uh, you know what? Sean left it open to me. So say it again, Robert. Well, if you don't want your chili pepper to be red and limp this season, I think I got the solution for you. You know, we care about that performance in wrestling, that main event performance, but maybe in the bedroom, you don't have the confidence to perform. BlueChew.com and the code Fightful will help get you there. It's got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You know it's that good stuff. But it works on your schedule, or maybe when you're not even ready and you want to get there. You consult with the online physician. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office. No awkward in-person meeting. And if approved, it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. But there will be nothing discreet about your package when you use BlueChew.com and the code Fightful. But you know what? How about free? Get your first shipment free when you use the code Fightful. Just pay $5 shipping. BlueChew.com and the code Fightful. Get that main event performance. Uh, shout out to Matthew Plus for not only sending in money to pretend insult me while he's really simping over me at home, but giving us a segue into an ad where we're going to make even more money off of his pathetic ass. So I must say, Fightful Select, best $5 in the wrestling business. But that blue chew, another great $5 spend there. And either way, everything's going to keep coming all month long. So, you know, you got what you got. And maybe behind a paywall, depending on what you're up to. But uh, we do appreciate all of our sponsors, including Blue Chew. will make your holiday season a very merry and bright if you need it. And something tells me Matthew Plus probably needs it. So thank you for that. We got a chat from Tom Valley that came in saying, Lobo Garcia Private Party are doing on BTE. Yes, it is very fun to have BTE back in general. It's a fun thing that they they've built out. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's it's been a blast. We've seen a lot of like real sports integration from Round Ball Rock to what they're doing on BTE. This has been a blast. So really, really liked it. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. I would like to see Private Party on my screen a little bit more. Yeah. Definitely more than I want to see Jeff Jarrett. But we got a Humper Chat coming in from Michael Christmas edition. Thank Christmas. I don't know. My power was out and I started watching at 930. Oh, nut and lip smacking. Tom's fighting and vets fighting. A joyous winter celebration to both of you. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Your chats keep us going as do your Fightful Select subscriptions. 
Great holiday gift if you want to get it. Or if you don't, as Sean pointed out, just steal someone's credit card information. Yeah. We encourage you to commit crimes. No, we don't. <laughs> but we do appreciate the support. And we do appreciate good Lord Jade Cargill looking good, as always, against uh, Vert Vixen in a, a squash. Not necessarily a 20-second squash, but a glorified squash. She is 45-0, and 0, which kind of brings us to an interesting point. I don't have a ton to say about the match. It was kind of what you would expect from a Jade Cargill match, especially on Rampage. But her being 45-0 and 0 is interesting because streaks generally end around important numbers, right? And I feel like 50-0 and 0 at Revolution is a very reasonable um, pacing for things. So... I don't know if Chris Atlander will be ready by then. No, she she, she will not. She you know who not. might okay. be? You know who might be? A certain a certain boss, a certain, you know, maybe. Somebody Cargill, who is Monet, perhaps? I think Jade Cargill did come out a couple of weeks ago covered in money. It said no one can match her star power. I can think of at least one individual in the wrestling space that can match her star power, if not exceed it. It is someone who has been on The Mandalorian. It's someone who has apparently been given more money than Chris Jericho, depending on who you hear from for a run in New Japan. I think I think they're rushing this uh, score a little bit to get to 50 for one Mercedes Monet. I, that's what I think. We don't know anything official. That's what I think, personally. No, it is... But there's been uh, exhausted talk about the Forbidden Door, right? But this does make it in interesting because she's at New Japan and AEW obviously has a working relationship with New Japan, right? I think it's incredibly possible. I think it's more possible than I thought it was now than before because of the reports, assuming they're accurate. I don't know if Fightful ever confirmed it. Um, but if it is, if she did get lowballed in WWE... That might be that might be WWE's biggest swing and a miss since AEW started. Like, mm. I don't consider not getting CM Punk back one because I don't think Punk wanted to go back to WWE. Um, and it wasn't like he was in play at the time, right? I think if if Mercedes Monet came over, and part of the reason was they on her exit, they shamed her, right? Summarily and unprofessionally, whatever. They let us all down. They Sasha let us all down. Naomi, let us all down. Couldn't deliver tonight's main event. Um, if she does get a fair offer at AEW and she's able to monetize herself, that's, there's a huge advantage to being able to monetize yourself with hardly any constrictions in AEW. I know they're they're shutting down indie dates a little bit and stuff, but I don't think Sasha's like, oh, I really want to go work GCW. She's probably like, I want to work Japan and maybe be in movies and maybe do albums because my cousin is freaking Snoop Dogg. Like there is the money you make at the company and then the freedom to go make money in all these other ways. And I don't even think I, I'm not her and I'm not a millionaire, so I can't say. However, I do think there's also the idea of value and being undervalued for what a company can give you. It's a very, very interesting conversation because if they don't think Sasha Banks is Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair money, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't 
have a favorite horsewoman. I think we talked about this last week. Mine is often the last horsewoman that was on my screen. I feel like they're so special and different. Um, but as far as a star, the most star power, I, I think it's almost undeniably Sasha Banks. So just from a, in a gross way, from a business perspective, who could we make the most money off of? I feel like hands down it's Sasha Banks. But what do I know? I'm when just, you have, first of all, I think she was absolutely worth the money. I don't know whether or not the reports are true, but I think she is absolutely on the level of a Becky and Charlotte. But in the eyes of AEW, when you take that into account and how that division is sometimes stalling to get off the ground, I think they she's exceeds anything that Becky and Charlotte can offer WWE when you talk about what she can bring to AEW because she's a star, the likes of which they haven't had in the women's division. And you would throw the entire, you know, back up the money trucks. We got to get get her on board. And I think it should happen. And I hope it does. I agree. I feel like there's almost, I feel like Tony Khan should be opening up the checkbook as much as he can for someone like her for so many reasons. Um, you have our dethroning Jade Cargo. My fantasy booking situation is she comes in and her and Soraya are the first tag team champions. And now all of a sudden we have a very easy case for three women's matches a week on TV. And I'm petty. So do that. Take a shot at WWE by launching your AEW women's division on the back of Sasha Banks. I'm also very interested in Naomi. I feel like she was criminally underrated her entire run of WWE. If you do want to bring in Naomi too, I'm all for it. I think she and Charlotte had one of the best matches of the year this year on free TV. I think it wasn't even on a pay-per-view. She's great. So if you want to bring her in too, but man, Sasha might, you could make an argument that Sasha would be the biggest swing from company to company. Like that's insane. So you ever dethroning Jade Cargill? I think that could be a very, very fun way to go. I've always wanted that title to be something that felt like an open challenge title kind of on a more frequent basis anyway. That's just my personal proclivity with those secondary titles. So I think her work rate being so high could be a really nice follow-up to someone whose strengths are more star power, charisma, delivery than necessarily in-ring. Um, I, I Man, that would, that would be a blockbuster. What are your thoughts on Miss Mercedes Monet? I guess I got to get used to calling her that because she's definitely not Tasha Banks right now. Uh, getting those super chats and humper chats. Matthew Plus sending more of his money to deliver weak insults. Katie looks like a hermit who doesn't want to be found. Joke's on you. I kind of am a hermit who doesn't want to be found right now. All right? The 317 podcast this week. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm hurt. I'm cold and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I get super chats from freaking children. So there you go. <laughs> Flame Inc. chiming in saying, just wanted to say Merry Christmas. And what did I miss? Wrestling News Co. tweeted that Vince was on SmackDown. He was and he wasn't. Like he was in a, a seven minute long John Cena video package. So, you know, yes, he was on SmackDown. But it's a video package they showed when he was still running the company. So it's kind of a rehash. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer? 
a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Gotcha. Um, Louis also chimed in on the Sasha stuff saying that Fightful Select confirmed Raja's report on the exit of Mercedes. Nothing on the renegotiation stuff. So that is good to know. Sean is very picky about his details. And I know he was getting some stuff of like, why haven't you reported on Sasha? And he said, I want to be accurate and make sure I'm providing value. Because that's what you get behind the paywall. So good stuff happening there. And another thing I'm very excited about, man, this women's division is on fire. And as someone who complained about it, relentlessly i know for like two and a half years ruby soho and willow uh versus tayj on dynamite next week and this promo absolutely rules i think ruby soho and willow are two of the most magnetic performers uh in the whole wide world like there is something that for me i'm so drawn to both of them them working together is awesome and Robert, the the difference from August till now in this women's division is insane to me. Like, and I kind of, I feel justified a little bit. I think it proved my point that the talent is there and you just needed to give the effort and care behind it. I think investing in someone as like Soraya, you're just literally investing so much money that you're automatically going to invest in the time. The talent that was there grew. I think Tony Storm has been an incredible addition, but Title picture is incredible and exciting. We got an amazing main event between Sheeta and uh, Jamie Hayter. We have this story going on with Ruby and uh, and Tay, right? Like a non-title story, which is really great. We got Jay kicking ass until probably number 50 regarding who shows up. We'll see. Like there's so much momentum and there's just logical storytelling here. I'm very excited. I've been a huge proponent of Willow almost as long as I've been complaining about the AEW women's division, I've been saying somebody put Willow on my TV because she's so damn good. Uh, What do you think of where we're going with this? And we are kind of at the end of the year. What do you think about this turnaround in the AEW women's division? I think Willow's fantastic. She's one of my favorite characters just through and through. Shout out to TJ about a year ago. They had a banger of a street fight at New Year's Smash last year rampage where they had a great match with the Bunny and Penelope. Um, the turnaround, it's a good turnaround, but for me, it's not enough. Like, I'm glad you're putting the effort there, 
but I'm not going to, you know, give you the round of applause on the first couple steps. Let's see the consistency. Let's see it stick. And I hope that we're talking about Willow in a title picture, even if it's the Ring of Honor one. We're talking about Ruby back in a title picture because she came in as big as, you know, Punk and Adam and Brian, and then she fell off. So let's get her back into a picture. And let's see what they can do with Soraya on the, you know, one match a month kind of gimmick. Let's see what they can do with her. I agree. And I do agree with you that we need like some, some follow through and that they need to continue to earn our trust in this way. But this is by far the most consistent effort we've seen, I think. And if Mercedes Monet shows up, who boy. Um, <laughs> Matthew Plessing, super chats from children from someone with a coloring book. I'll tell you what, the person that gave me co that coloring book is the biggest jerk in the whole wide world that I've ever met. It was him. Um, I There's a picture out there. I, I had the misfortune of meeting Matthew Plus because uh, he was at the same pay-per-view that I was. And I wanted to fight him, and I did. Uh, and I won. But in in a, in a in an olive branch, he gave me a coloring book so that I had something to do during the Jeff Jarrett match at that pay-per-view. So I, it's a, a one moment of respect, but Matthew plus also sending in money for Luis. Tell me about Pedro Pascal, bro. Thank you for the money. You can talk to Luis on Twitter about it. He's too busy monitoring all your other mean comments. That's and you're right. also paying to at people. Now Kyle Sparks, you listen to public broadcasting, keep paying them. I'll keep reading them, but we well, will we, gladly take your money. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Penelope and Bunny bringing their men's together. They have been, uh, for a team that was kind of burnt out feud-wise, like, they're very fun together. I'm so glad that Bunny is healthy. I find her hysterical in the ring. Um, and, yeah, it, I don't know. They've done a good job of making that feel like a, a natural coming together of sorts instead of, like, I'm dating this fella and you're dating this fella. And so I think cause they're not doing like a ton of mixed tag matches. So it doesn't feel forced down our throats in that well, way. It's, be it's because butcher and the blade are the best henchmen in the wrestling industry. And uh, Kip Sabian is currently like a C tier Batman villain. And I think it, <laughs> they got a nice flow going on the five of them. And I think it works. We got uh, Titan Spurs saying, I really wanted them to do a street fight here as a callback. Maybe they still will. I'm wondering if come the new year, we we get that. Like maybe there's a beginning of the new year situation where we get to see that. But I think you need to, you can't just have Willow just throwing away her carefree and happy persona. You got to give her a reason to be that angry. I think it could come out during a match, though. I think that could be really fun. I don't know if you would see Bloodshed again as much as you did, because that was wild. Flame Inc. with a generous super chat. Thank you so much. Thank you guys you. have no idea how helpful this is to us. Um, how it take, do you think AEW tag division based on how the young... Do you think the AEW tag division is based on how the young bucks feel? I can read. If they don't like you, you won't get over or seen FTR. And Kenny with the women, if you aren't Joshi, you won't get screen time. Uh, I don't feel that way at all. Uh, I feel like there's a double-edged sword to FTR having like eight titles, right? They have to go defend them other places. I feel like you could have had them on screen a lot, but I think they 
<laughs> they were putting on three incredible matches with the Briscoes. They put on an incredible match with Aussie Open, like to be booked for TV and traveling for all that stuff. Like they were still contributing so much to tag team wrestling. It just wasn't on AEW Dynamite. And I'm very intrigued by this seeming downfall of them because, buddy, <laughs> you know I'm a CM Punk mark. It's sitting right there. If, if, if they smooth things over, and I don't know if they ever could, but if they did, FTR downfall into a heel turn with CM Punk coming after a newly crowned trios titles in the elite, the money in that, dear Lord. Um, and I disagree with the Joshi thing. I think we've actually seen less Joshi on television more recently than we have before. And I think Tony Khan's also kind of reined it in as like, He's the guy that makes the decisions. Yeah, the I don't know the if day. the uh, I don't know if the EVPs have had much decision making power in the last several years, but I, I think there is something there to. They could have done more with FTR on screen. I'm not going to speculate about why they did or didn't, but I think you could have done more with FTR because they're great. They were the best tag team of the year, not named the Usos because they didn't hold titles for 500 days. But you know, I think. The young books are as good as they are. I think the tag team division was snake bit this year because of a certain Jeff Hardy incident. Um, and the Joshi thing, I think that they thought for five seconds in 2019 that the Joshi were going to be like their cruiserweight division. That didn't work out. I think there's still a lot of great Joshi women available to them, but I don't know how much focus the Joshi division has. I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, and like, it's also it's easy to forget how young AEW was and like how much of their existence was during a pandemic. Like they, there was like a year of their existence of three years that they just weren't traveling. Right. So it's like, I think they probably had a lot of cool jersey plans and then nobody could get into the country. Like it's been a, it's, it's a rocky road. I wouldn't want to navigate it. Um, I think it's impossible. If FTR isn't on your screen every week, it's always going to seem like you could do more with FTR because they're just literally one of the best tag teams to ever do it. I put out there on Twitter, just like, where does FTR rank all time for you guys? I, there was nobody who said anything below top 10. It was like top 10, top five, top three, number one tag team of all time. I, I think they're so valuable and they're so different from the young bucks. And that is their value in a lot of ways in that ecosystem. But we got people in the chat reminding us too, like they're going to Japan in a couple of weeks. Like they're still fighting all over the world, but realistically to work TV and do that is a lot. It's a lot, but a great super chat question. And we appreciate the support for sure. And we also have Ricardo, the ODV, a 22 month member. Wow. of our youtube thank you so much saying lots of love for kebab and all my sgs homies for life man That's thank right, you ricardo man. have a safe and wonderful holiday luis also reminding us that ftr is going to mexico on wednesday also Are going really? to japan awesome. yeah i think they're gonna drop those triple a titles um it, it's just they had a bunch of titles and they have to travel with them so crazy stuff but we also get this Wardlow promo here, Robert. Good stuff. I like the way that they're going with this. Um, what did you think of the promo we got out of Wardlow tonight? Wardlow has been damaged for me because I think 
there was too much of nothing in the time that he was champion. I want to see Wardlow and Joe practically go out there and murder each other and then come back with a stipulation match to actually finish the feud. I want to see Joe keep the belt, though, because I think you got Joe on your roster. You don't know how long you're going to get that. Let's give him the chance to shine and be Samoa Joe. I agree wholeheartedly. I have loved this King of TV run. I'm completely biased because Samoa Joe is one of the most made-for-Kate wrestlers in the world. I keep saying it. like his, The way he approaches wrestling is like somebody's favorite actor or somebody's favorite musician for me. Like that connection, like almost at the same level as like a punk or a Kingston or an Owens for me, like he's right in that conversation of just like, God, the way he chooses to go about telling a story in a wrestling ring is some of my favorite wrestling I've ever seen. So you're never going to see me complain about him having a belt around his waist. I also think the best thing you could actually do for Wardlow at this time is to have him elevated into, into the main title picture. So finish up with this feud with Samoa Joe. He's got very real unfinished business with MJF. So I think that could be a blast, but... As much as it would be fun to play off of that one instance from NXT take over Brooklyn, I think I really just want to see, while we can still get it, Joe and Claudio, Ring of Honor title. Hell let him yeah. go for 30 minutes. You know, just let him go. Oh, man. Smoke. Whoops. Not what I meant to say. Here we go. Graham B saying, I'm looking forward to the Dax Harwood podcast. Yes, he started a podcast, which we're very excited to hear because um, he's another one who their approach to wrestling, I think, is something that I want more insight to. He's had a hell of a year. He loves tag team wrestling from the bottom of his heart, just in general. Doesn't matter where he's doing it. Very intrigued to hear what he has to say because I know he has strong opinions and I can't wait to hear them be delivered. So they did a soft launch on Thursday. It's essentially taking over the feed of the former William Regal podcast. Uh, he says some great stuff about Sasha. He says some interesting things about the pinnacle. He believes that when they get around to actually talking about that, that upset might get him into some trouble. So I'm very excited for that eventual discussion. He talks glowingly about Max. He even says some nice things about Cornette. Dax Harwood seems like a guy who you want to hear talk about wrestling. So I'm excited to listen to it. I'm intrigued. When I mentioned that CM Punk stuff, don't think I forgot about the pinnacle and they're fighting before. I like this stuff. It's delicious. It's juicy. We'll see if they're able to capitalize on it. If it is the happy and healthy situation for literally everybody involved. Uh, we got Jam Beard chiming in saying now, I think now, is the time to make the next step with Wardlow and have him be on actual main event match instead of one-sided ones. Yeah, I we've talked about this too, of like AEW kind of has the classic problem of it's in the chase, it's in the chase, and then once you get the title, they fall off a little bit. Wardlow was the biggest victim of that, I think, of anybody. And he was squashing a lot of people. I thought the triple threat with Hobbs and Samoa Joe was one of his best matches, and that was when his reign ends, right? So... Kind of figures, but... And I think if we're honest, Wardlow, the TNT title reign was fine, but his whole thing was MJF, and by the time he beat MJF, nobody was talking about Wardlow beating MJF. They were talking about many, many other things. So he was kind of snake-bitten that way. Yeah, and I feel as though... Um... Like, they also didn't build out proper feuds for his title reign. Like, he is someone that should go squash fishes for a while. No doubt about that. 
but like he didn't really get full stories after that and i feel like it because of that whole situation they should have followed up with a really like firm story to help him out but did not go that way but he also like he's all star power and he gets better and better in the ring he does stuff that guys his size should not be able to do so he's got a long bright future ahead of him we'll we'll be able to see them catch up and i'm sure wwe is going to come fishing for him when his contract is up so we'll see but exciting stuff we got hobbs in these vignettes attacking alex marvez you think um no it was some it was one of the the security guys from the uh hangman mox fight i think he's just in a different shirt um i like what they're doing he's just beating up some guy it's fine rebuild him i want to see him win something in 2023 i know it's hard when you've got a lot of top guys and only so many shows it's not like wwe where you have like 11 shows a year that you can hot potato stuff around to. So I'm hoping 2023 is good tops. I think he and Starks both deserve to have gold in, in 2023. And I also think that story is not done. So I think there could be some really fun things happening around the same title if they get to it. But I thought the vignette we got on Wednesday was one of the most compelling things I've seen in wrestling television in a long time. But he was like, it wasn't like, hey, I had a rough childhood. He was like, have you smelled your own flesh burn because someone was beating you so hard? Like, it gives you, it was such a good, I understand why this guy is acting the way that he is, but he's so, um, like, vicious of a guy that you're not going to root for him just because you empathize with it. So I think it's good. Like, I think he's going to be able to stay heel with it, but these high produced vignettes. I know they got someone new over there helping out former WWE guy. And after seeing the editing on today's SmackDown episode, buddy, it seems like they could use some help over there now, but um, I I've been loving these vignettes. This one was short and sweet of him just beating someone's ass, but the one Wednesday really, I thought was fantastic. Really, really good stuff. We, before we get to the main event, cause I would like to put off talking about the main event as much as we could. Uh, we got Champier talking about FTR saying, also a dream AEW trios match for me would be FTR and Wardlow, which we've seen, obviously, right? And House of Black and have Wardlow square up with Brody King. Hell yes to Wardlow and Brody King standing yeah. across from each other in the same room. I love that idea. That would be that'd be a fantastic trios match. I think that could be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Um, good stuff. Not good stuff. Lump of coal in your stocking. Lump of coal in your guitar. <sighs> Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett for some reason defeat Billy Gunn and Anthony Bowens in the main event. And I don't need to see Billy Gunn on my TV in 2022, almost 23. I don't need to see Jeff Jarrett no. on my television in 2022, almost 23. And I sure as hell don't need to see them standing across the ring from each other in the main event of a wrestling show in 2022. Almost so that I think moment. has to be a discussion. Billy Gunn, we are six months away from Billy Gunn debuting 30 years ago on WWF TV. We're about a year away from that being the same remark for Jeff Jarrett. I think it's at the very least peak worker for them to still be in the main event of a globally televised wrestling promotion um he's literally called daddy ass 
I think that was the funniest thing in the world to me. He's advertised on his Billy Gunn as daddy ass. Very, very interesting. Uh, Double J this year. I love, I love this comment from Ashok. Get off Kate's TV, David. I don't care if they're on everybody else's TV. Just get off mine. Thank you for being so selfless in that, man. Get off my TV. If this is for other people, go show it to them. On my TV, give me Anthony Bowens in a singles match versus a guy who's career started in the past 15 years not 30 please for the love of god but i mean go even if you look at that jay like even if you look at that jay i don't think he fits the criteria of having his career started in the past 15 really years need to see him there you know this this was a, an interesting main event you gotta credit double j though no i don't he was, a, he was an executive in wwe he wrestled rick flair this year he's was a referee at SummerSlam. this dude is again peak worker from a just Traditional carny sense of the word. Look, look. He he gets it done. Um, I imagine when he loses to the acclaimed, we don't see him wrestle for a while. Maybe he goes off to help. That's what everyone told me was Sting and Darby. They were like, oh, it's a one-off. He's going to go away after Sting. And now they've remixed his theme so that him and Jay Lethal are a bonafide tag team. And they're not going anywhere until 2050. I'm not happy about do, it. Do you think that they can actually win the tag team titles? You, no, is there but a scenario? I feel like if they remix their theme, they're sticking around, and I don't need that. There, there might be a scenario where they win the tag team titles, and I don't know anyone that would be happy with the red hot, uh, homegrown acclaimed losing to Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. But stranger things have happened in wrestling. Robert, what are we doing? We got talking about party. the possibilities of life. <sighs> You got a private party kicking around. Okay. You got Iron Savage just kicking around. You have all these great tag teams kicking around, not Iron really Savage doing anything. Are, are just there, aren't they? That's I think they're so things. good. Like, I really liked Bear Country on the Indies. I saw them a couple times and was like, these guys are awesome. Um, and I would love to see them on my, my TV in spots like this. And uh credit to Alex Pulaski, because I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett on my TV, and I'm not a really big fan of the gun club, but he phrased it really well and i was like that's why it's so deeply rooted under my skin is you have the best tag team in the world in ftr getting beat by the gun club and then you have the most over tag team in the world uh you know and and your champions losing to jay lethal and jeff jarrett it's kind of like what are we doing when both of those programs are what's running and i was like it, there is something with the redundancy of the fact that like it's these I must say far lesser because that sounds so negative on who they are in the ring, but such lower position teams in these feuds that it doesn't feel believable that they should be winning that way. So um, I find it extremely frustrating. I feel like Jeff Jarrett is on my TV. I respect his ability to get the bag. Okay. I respect his carny ass doing what he's doing, but he was also supposed to be like the live event coordinator. And I want him to go do that. Now he's eating up a lot of, Valuable main event of Rampage TV time, and they're wondering why the ratings are low. My goodness. You can better coordinate live events if he's got a title to defend and promote. You know, you got to think about it. I never watched a moment of TNA, so maybe that's why, but I love this old guitar merchant. I don't care about guitar fetish guy. I didn't watch TNA either. This has been my thing with, with Jeff Jarrett. There are some people who are loving this, and I get that. When I started watching in 09, 
This was not like a thing. And because I started watching so late, I always ask for people I should go back and watch. Not a single person has been like, you got to go watch that Jeff Jarrett match. You've people never. People have given yeah, me I would, Gary I Albright. <laughs> I would have directed you to about two or three Jeff Jarrett matches. I think at this point. Two or three? You just said he's coming up on 30 years of his career, Robert. Yeah, that, what a that, decade? That I know what's available. I know what's out there to watch. See, I think he had a great match with Shawn Michaels, but of course he had a great match with Shawn Michaels. It's like. Did he have a great one with Brian Danielson too? Come on. I'm sure he could have. Cheating. You know, but Disco Inferno can have a good match when it's with Dean Malenko. Come on. Yeah, that is that is true. <laughs> but I, I do I do love the guitar shtick. I'm surprised at how over this man continues to keep himself when like you said, you started watching in 09, and by that point he was already winding down. So to see him having this resurgence now. Is very strange, but if nothing else, tip of the hat to the carny workers, and hopefully it's the last time we see Billy Gunn and Jeff Jarrett in the main event of a globally televised wrestling. My God, this is all Effie's fault. <laughs> no, what? That's another thing he did this year. He wrestled in the Hammerstein against Effie. I, I do think we might have to blame Effie a little bit for the last outlaw. It's true. It's true. And that I'll say this, I can't even call it the worst match of the year, but by far the most uncomfortable experience I ever had watching wrestling right up there when with Jerry Lawler legitimately died on television before he was brought back to life. That Ric Flair match was the most uncomfortable thing I've seen. That Ric Flair, I'll, I'll honestly say at least the Jerry Lawler match, he had the match. That Ric Flair match, there was a moment there where it looked really grim and really uncomfortable and i hope rick flair never does it again yeah it was it was awful i did the post show with joel and there were people that were like it was great to see a legend back in the ring and then there were other people who were like this felt like elder abuse and i was like that part of it like it was so uncomfortable so when people are like oh well jay lethal and jeff jared are attacking because they did the rick flair program i'm like I would love to forget about that. And that's not enough of a reason for them to be a tag team in a different promotion. Don't come at me with it. I am not here for a guitar fetish, man. But I understand there's people who are. So like Ashok said, get it off just my television and we're good to go. It's not even a problem. Jam Beard Chive again saying stranger things have happened in wrestling. Yes, but not much worse has happened look, than Double J being an AEW. Look, I hear you. I do. I do. But you have to remember something. Right now, the top heel, not the mid-card heel and tag team that Jeff Jarrett is, the top heel in Impact right now is Bully Ray. So I hear you, but I'm saying there are options here. There are options. Can we have a match between Bully Ray and Jeff Jarrett and it's a loser and winner goes home match? <laughs> I think, honestly, and I think every, WWE and an might everyone try to goes home one. match. <laughs> oh boy. We're having fun. We're having fun tonight. DNC Digital, thank you guys so much for the super chats tonight. We appreciate it. It's 2022. We've seen Austin Vince. Flair and Steamboat wrestle. Again, it's 2022. What's the 2022 fact you would have not believed would have happened? Ooh. All of it, almost. Like, there's a lot. Look, Sean Ross Sapp reported that Austin was going to wrestle, I think, the day before or the day after the Cody news. 
And that alone was enough news to carry the year. Here's the thing. We've forgotten already that Shane McMahon was supposedly scheduled for a big WrestleMania match and then got booted out of his dad's company. Um, The Triple H news about the retirement. There's everything with Vince. There's everything with Punk. Literally all of it. The only one that I would genuinely take back is Vince wrestles and Flair wrestles. I don't think you needed it. I would say the biggest surprise, because Vince was such like a a non-match match, Stone Cold um, surprised me from the fact that he could do it, but I'm not totally surprised with the way people get cleared now. I would say Ric Flair is probably the most surprising one that he went through a full match and it was as extensive as he did. I'm not surprised he got back in the ring. I'm surprised that it was a full-on actual real, like, 20-minute or whatever the heck match that was. Um, so I, I would probably go with Flair, but it, it's been an insane, insane year in wrestling. And Shauna said it, and I, I echo the same sentiments, of the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin got back in the ring and main event at WrestleMania maybe isn't even a top 10 story of the year is bananas but every other year that's a top a top three story probably top one story and that's not even counting you know you forget that austin there were so many cynical people who were like they're just gonna give you a talk show i can't believe people are buying this and then they gave you a great match honestly it, well, that was the other thing. He wrestled, wrestled. Like yeah, he, he had a bumps. He was, yeah. And Kevin and then, Owens wasn't like kid gloves with him. It was really fun. What more could you need? I mean, and then there's, we didn't even talk about, you know, again, Sasha at the top of her game saying, hey, I don't care if I'm champion. Here's your belt. We're going home. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you when you actually have good creative plans for us. There, there's so much to this year. It's like even little stuff, like, it's such an underrated story, but Tessa Blanchard nuking her own rehab project in WoW is like, that's AJ Lee in and WoW. Like, we didn't like that doesn't even come up, but AJ Lee in WoW was a thing that happened this year. Jambeard saying, "Kay had to suffer through both of Jared's WWF and WWE runs, and both WCW ones, and his TNA Global Impact, whatever else they were called." There is not one Double J match that I recommend. I think that that is extremely harsh. I, I, I'll I end up compiling a list now just as a hobby of 10 Jeff Jarrett matches that people should probably watch. <laughs> I love it, and I stand by it. Maddie Plus saying, poo-poo-poo, my name is Katie. I make doo-doo. You know, I, I'm, good, I'm good with this. If he's just going to... And in little little bits Robert. every now and again, just to knock you. If we get the money twice a week, keep, twice keep a week going, man. Thanks for all the money, nerd. Drew Nicholas chiming with a majorly overly generous. Wow, super that chat. is amazing. Because we have Thank nice you. people here, Matthew Plus saying, "Here, Kate, you can read a nicer super chat." I hope you both and all of the Fightful family have a very happy holidays. Except for Matthew Plus, have a bad one, pal. See, this is just. This is fantastic because not only is this an incredibly generous super chat, not only is it an incredibly kind super chat, it was almost prompted by Matthew Plus. So in trying to crap on me, he has just generated more money. He's generated ad segues. It's it's really beautiful. <laughs> I'll be back 
backfires, but now he comes in saying money for Drew's chat. And you know what? <laughs> I, I'm here for all of it, but sincerely, thank you, Drew, for that insane super chat. Always appreciate seeing that. And I think we're having a good time here, considering that the shows tonight weren't as fun as we're making it all out to be. No, I talked to Sean. I was like, it's been kind of a slog, the, the end of the year. Um, you know, chats are down too because YouTube reformatted stuff. And I messaged him and said, I don't think this is going to be the show that we get Super Chats back on track. <laughs> but you guys are awesome and generous. And we appreciate it. And because you're sending us so much money, if you want to save a little money, say buying a pay-per-view, you can take a really affordable trip to Lithuania if you need to. Travel somewhere else if you are like, I don't know if I want to be home for the hallway holidays. I might want to go anywhere else in the world. Anywhere. Well, NordVPN can be the ones to help you get there. If you don't get NordVPN.com slash Fightful, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find out about your big life events, and I'm going to break the news. I'm going to scoop you. But if you do get NordVPN.com slash Fightful, you can change your virtual location with just one click. I won't be able to do that. I mean, honestly, I'm probably not going to anyway because I'm too busy watching all the great content that I have access to thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. But I might. I might threaten it for the sake of this read. And you don't want that, do you? I don't. I don't want to spend my time doing that, but you're going to force me into it. Four months free. 30-day money-back guarantee. Block online trackers. Block malware. Block annoying pop-up ads on all your devices. They've got three great tiers. Pass, a locker, a VPN. You can watch all your favorite shows abroad. Get pay-per-views at a much more affordable price with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Yeah. Yeah! You should. NordVPN is legitimately, I legitimately use it. Fantastic service. And will get you anywhere you need to go. Almost like magic. It um it actually is really incredible what a partner they've been to us. They made a big investment in us and they saw results from it and they were like, we're going to make an even bigger investment in you guys. And they've been so wonderful to us. And legitimately, they had started giving us discounts at one tier and now all of their tiers have really hefty discounts with the code Fightful. So should you need a VPN, especially a lot of them are coming up in the new year, right? Contracts are running out on VPNs. Switch on over. We got more Jeff Jarrett talk. See, this is how carny he is, and I respect it. He's like, not only am I going to get that bag, I'm such a carny. I'm going to get you that bag with what a carny I am. Like that's impressive. Like it's now vicarious carny stuff because we're making so much money off of Jeff Jarrett tonight. But Jeff Jarrett versus Bastion Booger went pretty hard. Listen. <laughs> Bastion Booger is maybe the worst gimmick of all time. Worst gimmick of all time? Wor- I think so. Worse than Mad Cat Moss? No, absolutely. Bastion Booger is essentially just, I'm a guy who's grotesque and I have a hump. Oh, that was that's Bastion Booger. I mean, is it that much worse than just dad jokes? But we've got more generosity coming in from you guys. You guys... You guys are helping me prove myself wrong in a good way. I told Sean this ain't going to be the show where we get Super Chats back, but we've got some great ones here. Thank you so much. Amanda B. chiming in with a generous Humper Chat saying, Happy Holidays. I know we probably don't agree on this, Kate, but I think 
Lethal Dot JJ Singh faction is cool, and I'm glad they won. Almost as glad as I am to see Robert on the stream SGFs for life. See, what's funny about this is Matthew Plus has been trying to troll me all night, and this just did way more damage to me than anything he said. No, I'm just kidding. I'm glad that I, I like it when people like what's on their screen. That's awesome. This just isn't for me. However, Sanjay Dutt is for me. I love that guy. I think he's invaluable. He comes across as a, a very sincere person uh, in interviews and stuff like outside of it. I I think he is extremely skilled at what he does. I think it's so refreshing to have guys like him and Stokely and Smart Mark around because managers went so dormant and wrestling for so long and i love them so to see them back is is so much fun and younger fresher takes than when we had like tully and arn on screen i really really dig it so i'm glad I will that you say that they dropped the ball on tully blanchard that is a different conversation for a different day they dropped the ball big time on tully blanchard that i that i agree with but I'm, I'm wondering how unprompted his exit was because they had just launched all that stuff with Brian Cage and then all of a sudden he was gone. So I I don't know. I don't know. But we've got a humper chat from Kylie who usually is like, I'm under the influence of something when I humper chat you. And I appreciate that about them so much. But she, they said, why am I watching Billy Gunn versus Jeff Jarrett in 2022? LOL, wrestling is stupid, but I don't know. I have fun. Also, Robert is cute. <laughs> Listen. Robert is mine, okay? People in the chat think we have a chemistry. There's people that think we flirt. So I've decided you got to back off unless you send him money. Then you can... You can well, there money. you go. Because again, it all comes down to the dollar. Pay up. If you pay more than $5, you can steal Robert from Kylie. So there you go. That's what it is. We're just... We're auctioning you off like... You're those, like, the ante, and, and I'm okay with that because anyone that knows me knows... Uh, it all comes down to the dollar. It does. See, there it is. We were just talking about Jeff Jarrett for like 20 minutes. And you were like, I learned something from him. Okay. I'm going to be a carny. I'm going to get these dollars. <laughs> we got Jam Beard chiming in. Not about how cute you are, which is honestly pretty upsetting. But the only thing worse than Double J and Lethal winning the tag titles would be if Jeff and Singh became the tag champs. I'm not going to judge Singh because we haven't really seen that much of him. But I think... You know, the fact that they're waiting is probably a sign that they're waiting till he's fully ready to to be there, which is good. I'd rather people take their time. Um, Ricardo, the ODB saying the not-so-great Kali pops me to no end. <laughs> I'll, I'll judge him. When you're already making jokes about not-so-great Kali, when Billy Gunn, when, when 60-year-old Billy Gunn is allowed to clothesline you out of the ring, I think that maybe the... The ship has left the station there for, uh, that's not the phrase. The train has left the, the station there. The ship has left the station. It's for, a phrase uh, now. It's a for, phrase for, now. Uh, old not so great Kali. Chai down Spurs saying Jarrett versus Suzuki at Forbidden Door 2. You're blocked, uh, blocked, muted, banned, Fightful Select subscription if you have it. Uh, I was going to say canceled, but what we're going to do is put you in like a $400 tier to only get $5 tier access. Not, no. Why would you, why would you do this? Don't you want me to have a nice holiday? Come yeah, on. Uh, Matthew Plus chiming in only at $2, but saying, hey, dude, Felice, you want to take shrooms and see Avatar 2 with me? Listen, I'm not, 
I think the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Suspicious. Don't you turn your back on me, Robert. I see you over there with the best smile in wrestling podcasting. Charming the people in our chat. <laughs> uh, we did have, going back to, we were kind of talking about the chase versus the championship run. Michael Dammit saying Thunder's chase to championship win was the biggest failure in my eyes. That is a very, very fair call. Um, just the lack of screen time and properly built out feuds was rough. Her match with Serena Deeb was so good. Um, and I feel like they made a lot of improvements to the women's division. So hopefully when she's healthy and can come back, she's coming back to a division that's in a better place. But yeah, she was handcuffed kind of by the circumstances of how the women were being booked at the time, I think. Um, I feel like her promos didn't really hit as strong as she's capable of. And I think part of that was because everything felt so rushed. Like even when she relinquished the title, it was like in a 90 second, like, Hey, I'm injured. I have to relinquish the title. There's going to be an interim one by it was like, what is happening? <laughs> um, so I, but that's, that's a very, very fair call. I agree with that entirely. There's a, there's a lot there with uh, Thunder Rosa that I just didn't enjoy after she won the belt. So it is what it is, but I definitely think she's more of a challenger than a champion. I'll go with you, Matt, if you give me $400. God, this is becoming a very extensive trip to see Avatar too. I just love that we have people talking to each other through Super Chats. Listen, if it's up <laughs> it's the Super Chat game, I like this is what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. No, I I just love when people have conversations via Super Chats. It pops me tremendously. I love it. I'll give you $400 if you get Katie fired. If you... Nah. um, I'm trying to do the math. I wonder how much it would take, like, if I get a cut of a certain dollar amount, I'll get myself fired. But um, it would have to be a lot more than 400 So good luck. You could donate a $400 super chat to F around and find out. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm I'm, just I would saying. never, I would never say no to a $400 super chat. I'm no. just saying. Robert will show clavicle if you guys give a $400 super I chat. I mean, might need a little more than 400 for any kind of skin, but. Not even just a, not even a, I'm not asking you to, to Mandy Rose it over here. I'm just saying. <laughs> We are somewhat regrettably going to switch into SmackDown, which I thought was going to be pretty medium because uh, they did a double taping and usually those second episodes are not always the best. And they were right about at my expectations. This was pretty medium. I will say I do appreciate when workers get time off to be with their families. So... <laughs> If that's what it takes, I'll take a medium episode of television. But the podcasters, Robert, we're here. We're on the grind. We're here for this business. Why couldn't um, we do a double taping last week? Uh, you know what? That's a very good point. Especially realizing that we're here together. We could have just done a double taping and it would have been fine. That's no, true. we would have been the wiser. I don't think we um, needed to fully experience the episode to... <laughs> Make a ton of comments on it. But before we dig in, we're just going to run through some of these. Matthew Plus, my cat pooped in your shoes. Uh, Fantastic. 
Matthew Plus, can someone send me that AI dating site link, please? Because we had the, the bots were in the chat. If you missed it, you missed it. You gotta he jump just, on these things. He's like, look, I'm not paying $400 to find someone to go to Avatar with me and do shrooms when I could clearly just go to one of these affordable websites. GMB is saying, I'll give you $400 to get Kate and Alex to dress up as Avatar. That would only be like the third weirdest thing we ever dressed up as. Now, are so you at all into Avatar, Kate? No. No. Not for you? Um, not for me. And like, not that I saw it and didn't like it. I didn't give it a chance because it's not totally for me. Um, but I did see one of the funniest SNL sketches of all time, which was Ryan Gosling was hosting. And they did this whole thing about how he was like this madman who couldn't handle it because Avatar 2 were the most advanced graphic like works of art of all time uses the papyrus font for their logo. And it like just drove him to no end. He had to find out why they would do this. And it was just driving him insane. It's hilarious. But I'll dress up as a, as an Avatar thing for 400 bucks. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that you wouldn't do it for less. I, I would, but we're not going to tell them that. Come on, man. <laughs> Michael Damon saying new phrase, don't Mandy Rose it. Hey, Mandy Rose it if you want to. I, mean, I think the phrase going around was Christmas millionaire. I'll Mandy Rose it all day long. What are you, what are you talking about? I mean, 500K? I got to start doing my squats. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all I'm saying uh we've got another jeff jared super chat but we are gonna flip into smackdown real quick <laughs> before we do uh more jeff jared shoots and works uh ranks chaos saying thoughts on the logan paul allegations and do you think this will affect his future in wwe Luis telling us that it's crypto related and he said he would address it on january 3rd if it's crypto related, no. I, I think you might be able to get around that. Um, Logan has a lot going against him, but in a wrestling sense, he also has a lot going for him. Logan has been one of the most polarizing people for me because you really don't want to like this guy. And then you go, by God, he's perfect for this. So what do you do? I mean, you don't present him as a face. For yeah, starters, that's true. I don't need him. I don't need him around. I feel like what they view as his value is drastically overrated. I understand his reach, but if you look at his YouTube views on WWE and stuff, like Ali debuting uh, in a failed, terrible stable has way more views and stuff. Like I, I think they're version of what a casual fan is, is is completely unrealistic but people love it i get it i think it's is not great i don't think that alone i don't also don't know the allegations so i can't fully speak on it um i don't think that alone would do it but i think they'd probably be like you're on thin ice because there's a lot of other bs that we've dealt with with you including them saying a lot of bad inaccurate stuff about bad bunny uh, who is beloved by WWE and had provided very tangible value. So we'll see. I don't like him, so I don't really care. But I, I also don't know the, the depth of the allegations. But I can't imagine, after all the other crap they've done, that finances would be the thing to break it all apart. 
Yeah, uh, I don't think I don't think WWE is gonna be like a crypto scam. You say? I don't yeah, know. I, I think it depends on what it is, but I, I can't without knowing too much. I can't say much, but I can't imagine just on the face of it all a crypto scam would be enough ties for WWE to break. Yeah, they've got a lo- lot worse skeletons in their closet that they seemingly have willfully ignored. So, uh, but we're gonna talk SmackDown. We started with uh, this Bloodline promo. We got some fun stuff out of Heyman with this. Uh, he said that the Usos would take on Hit Row. The sweetened audio tonight was not great, but this also had no reaction, which was double not great. Solo will take out Sheamus for good, and Roman and Sammy versus Owens and Cena. Um, that, that's going to be a major TV event of the year coming in late here. And then Roman kind of reiterated the same stuff he always does. His delivery for these is always great, but just reiterating that Kevin Owens hanging around Sammy is a problem for Sammy, so it's a problem for the bloodline. This was okay, but felt like a lot of filler, which was kind of the tone of the whole episode. For me, what did you think of this promo? Uh, You hit the nail on the head, Kate. Total filler. I... Look, Roman's great. I wish he was on every television show. He somehow managed to be on every television show in the last week, which is good. We should have had more of that throughout the entire run. Um, The match next week is going to kick ass. But this I could have done without because it's literally just talk him into the building next week. Agreed. And... It just wasn't groundbreaking. Like, there there was nothing new here, but it was well executed for what it was. We do have a generous chat from Flame Inc. saying, My Sammy idea, please give thoughts. Sammy wins Rumble with Owens' help. Owens beats Sammy at Chamber with The Rock's help. Loses one title, Roman versus Rock, and Sammy versus Owens for the title at Mania. Covers all stories. Yeah, um, so that's very ambitious, first of all. I like the now granted I didn't read the full report from Dave, but I like the uh the headline going around that hey, it's not off the table yet that Rock and Roman might have a match because everybody in the world is thinking, well, it's clearly Rock and Roman. So if they don't do Rock and Roman, is there a chance that Sami Zayn actually wins the Royal Rumble and that you set up something with Sammy? I think anything but Cody is a letdown, personally. But there are other people in WWE that could win this Royal Rumble. Uh, I think here's what Alex Pulaski booked, and it kind of lines up with some of the rumored reports, and I really like it, which means they probably won't do it. Uh, but <laughs> you have Roman versus Kevin Owens at Rumble, and Owens loses, and then after the match, they beat the hell out of Kevin Owens and they look at Sammy like, it's your turn to get in on this. And Sammy can't do it. He just can't go that far. And then they beat the crap out of Sammy. Like the ever living crap out of Sammy. And then a, a bloody beaten to a pulp Kevin Owens slowly puts his hand over to Sammy. And then the two of them, you know, then it's probably Sammy at Elimination Chamber in Montreal which I think is great, and that it's the two of them dethroning the Usos at, at Mania. I, I think, think that can main event a paper. I think they can main event night one. Granted, I don't know if they're doing Becky Ronda. I don't know if they're doing Charlotte Bianca. But, like, I think that can main event one of the nights at WrestleMania legitimately. 
I think it would be fantastic. I think it would serve the story extremely well. I would love to see Sammy have a moment like that. I think they'll probably go with the tag titles because you also don't have anybody else to take it off the Usos at this point. Um, I think then when you wipe that slate clean too, God, like Sammy and Kevin versus DIY, if you wanted to throw Ciampa in that, like there's so much you could do. I do think the most productive thing you can do for the product, and I don't even know if I like it, but I think it's the best course of action. Sammy versus The Rock on one night, Sammy versus Cody on the other night. Head of the table is one thing, titles are the other. Or at least one of the titles comes off Roman. And he's super protected because he just fought The Rock the night before. Um, And they don't have him dropping the title to The Rock for The Rock to turn around and not do anything with it. And... The Rock is fantastic, but ring shape is a different thing than regular shape, guys. I think we all saw John Cena versus The Rock, too, and we're underwhelmed by that match. If he hasn't been training for this, it's not going to be great. So um, the only thing I don't like about that is it does take a, a woman's main event away because you can't you can't not have either of those matches main event. Um, but I think it's the best thing you can do for the product because I think you got to get the title off Roman, at least one of them. And you have to do the rock and Roman or you can't do it. Cause I think Roman's going to be part-time and he's going to be making movies. He's going to be going away for a little bit. He's going to be less consistent. Um, and the rocks just not guaranteed available. So if he's locked in, you got to do this now and you got You should do it while Roman's champion, even if it's not for the title. So, um, that, that is what I would do. That is here's my, here's my thing. And I, I don't, I've been very skeptical to say anything about The Rock until we actually see The Rock, because I am a little like, well, until we see him, we can always just say we worked ourselves into a shoot. Last time we got an egg, right? So You know, like, if they do Rock and Roman for the titles, I can see Rock winning and then dropping it to Roman in Saudi the next month if The Rock chooses to make the trip to Saudi Arabia. But then that puts us right back in the same spot of, oh, God, Roman still has these belts. The only acceptable finish that isn't Cody Rhodes or WrestleMania is Cody Rhodes in Madison Square Garden. And I can forgive whatever they want to do if they give it to Cody in Madison Square Garden. There was also, I think Pulaski also booked this as a possibility, which would be great, is Cody wins Rumble, Seth Rollins wins Chamber, and then you have a triple threat which makes Roman super protective. You have a way to get Seth Rollins and Cody back in the ring, even though Seth lost three times. You still almost want to resolve that, but makes it logical. And Seth has such history with Roman that that works. So there's a lot of possibilities, man. There's a lot of possibilities. But as far as Sammy and Kevin Owens go, I think it's tag team goals. And I actually think like real life wise, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool because they legitimately for two decades have been in each other's careers. And I, I think that's just so awesome. But as we said, the bloodline promo was filler. I'm glad we're talking about a lot of other stuff today because there's just not a lot of stuff to talk about on the SmackDown episode. Uh, and I'm also glad we talked about Jeff Jarrett because I didn't think there was a ton on Rampage. though still a fun episode. Uh, we got this tag match between Hit Row and the Usos. And man... Didn't do it for me. Hate to say it. Um, there was like early on a weird arm drag from Ashanti that that didn't work, and it just 
felt like it didn't click in. And then any of the major spots, I felt like the editing was so bad. Like, I feel like the camera missed so much here. Um, I'm not someone that, that tries to define people's careers like by botches. I feel like what happened last week was just unfortunate timing. Everybody botches sometimes. But I will say it's felt a little hit or miss with Hit Row in the ring. And even though they won a qualifier, which is good, I like having stakes. They've just been waffling around since they came back with no plan. So it didn't feel important. And the inevitable conclusion of the Usos retaining also just hurts this. Um, so when it's that inevitable, you have to have really great in-ring. And it just felt like we didn't fully get that here. Um, so it didn't click in. Wasn't the worst thing. Definitely wasn't the best thing. Jay and, and Jimmy hit double super kicks in the 1D. Kind of felt like watch, rinse, repeat a little bit for me. Dude, Felice, what did you think? Yeah. Um, watching the Usos wrestle can be a blast, but it can also suck because you know they're not losing. And immediately you're taken out of a game, especially when it's they're not giving it to Hit Row. Now is not the time. I do think it's Mania. I do think it's Kevin and Sammy. I, I look forward to that, but I'm also ready for everybody in the bloodline to lose their belts because as good as this story is, it is draining the power and potential of the rest of the roster. Whether or not you think that, you know, this is a great roster or not as regard isn't really a thing. It's we need these belts because we need to be able to put someone like, you know, Los Atharios over. We need to be able to put someone like the Viking Raiders back on top. We need to be able to put a belt on Monday Night Raw so we're not doing a three-hour show with no major world championship. The bloodline has to lose. The yeah, it, it is. They've been holding all the gold hostage for so long. I feel like the perfect out. And I, I think part of this was Hunter was had just taken over like a month and a half before. Just given one of the belts to Drew at Clash would have, I feel like, changed so much of what would happen here. Because you also have the perfect out of saying that Roman wasn't defending both titles. Paul Heyman can pull that promo out of his ass in a second, right? Like, he's not dumb enough to put both of them on the line. Um, and Drew walks away with one. Then you have something exciting happening on your three-hour program on Mondays as well. So... But it's all, it's all been in one program. Sammy has saved it, in my opinion. It was getting extremely stale. And his innocence in this is, is so much fun. Um, but I agree with you as far as the inevitability of the title picture, that becomes not fun. However, this time of year, every year for WWE product is uh, not ever the best. Like I think I would <laughs> strongly make the case for December pay-per-views to return. But they're not to be TLC... But I think we need a December pay-per-view because this is rough. Or at least day one and you actually make an honest build to it. Because day one I actually thought was like pretty fun. And I, I like the idea of a, a January 1 pay-per-view, like kicking off your product. You can kind of kick your way towards Royal Rumble with some stuff. But I agree with you. They definitely definitely need something in there. But Orion Ben 666 who's always so supportive of us, says, Hit Row got shafted here. They interrupt the Usos for the rub. Um, yeah, it's it's tough because it's a little bit of they didn't do the work to make Hit Row feel important here, and we knew what the outcome was going to be. So it's 
it's uh, handcuffed by the creative in, in a lot of ways. So I agree. We move on to this Imperium interview with Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser, calling Ricochet and Braun carnival freaks, saying that Matt is sacred. We also get Ricochet and Braun Strowman, who can't believe they got called something as harsh as carnival freaks. And Braun Strowman, one of the weirdest deliveries I've ever seen, talking to Ricochet into the camera. Yeah, man. Like, it was so bizarre. It was so weird. And I also was like, these guys just hated each other. And now we're tagging, like, pretty classic WWE, but... Yeah, they're really just trying to save face because Braun put his foot in his mouth with the flippy floppy guys. So they got him teaming with one. It's fine. It's not what I really want. But as we'll get to later in the show, this all worked out perfectly fine. (laughs) Maybe for you, but... (laughs) DNC Digital asking what I was kind of reiterating, I think, before. Do you feel they missed their last huge opportunity to get the belt off Roman at a huge moment by not letting Drew get it at Clash? Absolutely, yes. I think that was a big mistake. The crowd in Wales would have popped. Even if you put the belt right back on Roman, you should have given the crowd that moment. I think they deserved it. I think you missed an opportunity to do a much better deal with Theory instead of the ridiculousness oh, that they Luke. did. So right Literally, there. you have Theory cash in on Drew or try to cash in on Drew and Roman can beat him. That way, uh, Drew saves face. Theory loses the briefcase. There's so many different things you could have done. But yes, I do think they missed an opportunity. 100% agree with that. And also, um, I do appreciate that Clash at the Clas- Castle did give birth to the Solo Sokoa run, which I think has been an extremely successful move for them. But yeah, as far as the belt picture goes, they should have done that. And speaking of belt pictures that they could do better with, top contender gauntlet match. Raquel defeats Sonia, Liv, Shayna Baszler. Don't even get me started. Emma, Tegan, and Xylee with one arm. Yeah. Um, what the hell was the first of all, why is why is someone why are we medically clearing people if they're just gonna go fight five women anyway? What are we doing? Because because we're not sh- shut up, Kate. We're not we're not talking about that, Kate. We're just moving. We're moving on. Raquel is strong. <laughs> Raquel Raquel has back muscles that can overcompensate for her shoulder, her elbow, her knee. Raquel has back muscles and a smile that will get her through the day. Okay? That's what we do with Raquel. That's what I call her. Like, she's like the knight of Monty Python who got all her limbs chopped off. This was so dumb for the get for that reason. Um, I don't... I don't understand what they thought they were pulling out tonight, but it did not work for me at all. And it's not the in-ring necessarily of anybody that was there. I do think Raquel does not have a diverse enough move set to, to go a match like this. Like it was a lot of, a lot of repeat spots, man. I was not in love with that, but we all, we get a double stupid story. We have her going through the entire roster with her one arm. And I think they thought it was going to make her look strong. And I think it makes all of the top contenders of your division look super weak. You had a former champion out there in Liv Morgan. You had Sonya Deville coming in fresh as a daisy. 
after Raquel was in there for like 20 minutes and she lasts like 90 seconds. I think that's an insult to Sonya Deville. I hate how she's been used lately. And then you have Ronda just deciding that Shayna Baszler can just be in the match, just like how Theory just decided he was going to be in the Money in the Bank match. They so there, there is there is precedent for this. See, Ronda Rousey a couple months ago completely threw around Adam Pearce, so she so she ranks higher than him in their pecking order and can just decide these things. She, she won I mean, that right by dominance, and I think she's earned that right. I don't know. Bobby Lashley accidentally speared someone and they fired him. It's a different thing. He, he didn't could, throw him around. He just accidentally speared him. He could be Adam Pierce's ass and you know it. I think he could, but I think he should have tried. Um, look, when the first two moves of this match are Zia Lee beats Emma and Zia Lee beats Tegan, don't look all due respect. Don't look great for Emma and Tegan for them to be losing to Zia Lee, who they wasn't even on TV. Back. And also, Robert, she like attacked someone in a tag match to be in a singles contendership match. I don't think Emma's won hardly any matches. She's won she, anything since she showed up. She's won anything since she showed up, and she's just in it. So Zia Lee could have just been in it without having to attack someone in a tag match. This makes absolutely no sense, Robert. Make yeah, it it's not. It, look, it's not great. Here's my solution to the whole kit and caboodle. You, you merge, you merge the, you merge the women's titles. You got every other belt in, in the company right now merged. You merge these women's titles. You stop making the division look weaker. You focus on one major match, and then you get all the belts on Becky, who can then have great matches with these women and rebuild the division which is in desperate need of rehab ever since the COVID pandemic. I would say if you don't do that, you got to do one of the superstar shakeup draft gimmicks. The, the imbalance between Raw and SmackDown is insane to me. You have all the women's star power on Raw and even just like reliable workers on Raw. Like I don't think they're viewing Candice LeRae as a champion right now. Um, she's a great worker. You could have put her on SmackDown. Nikki A.S.H. probably not in a title picture right now. Could have put her on SmackDown. They desperately, desperately need to even things out. But it's also just not very good creative. Sonya Deville is a great worker. There's a really fun story you could tell with her and Ronda Rousey of them being in the same style, both having MMA backgrounds and Ronda Rousey saying, I was dominant and you failed out. Um, like you, There's so much that you could do with like a heel Ronda and a, a badass Sonya. But no, they have her lose to one-armed Raquel in 90 seconds. Her just you know Raquel's just going to lose next week, and she's gonna if she gets another shot, she'll lose that too. Ronda's not losing this until we get to WrestleMania, so it's yeah. Again, well, and of course they were going to have Raquel beat Shayna, but you also could have done a really fun thing where Shayna wins, and now they have to face each other, and it's real awkward. You could you could run that out for a really no, long because time that would be entertaining. Kate, Kate, we're not here to entertain; we're here to just get by. Well, they definitely did a lot of that tonight. This was bad. This was really bad. Um, I think if if Becky wins, you gotta have her work in SmackDown. They gotta have somebody anchoring with stuff. It's it's bad. It desperately needs Charlotte Flair back. It's not good. It's not good. And it's some not. of it is they need the star power, and some of it is just really bad creative. So this was probably the lowest night, lowest point of the night for me. Um, 
and it's it's not on the women. It was just some of the dumbest fundamentals of pro wrestling that I've seen. Um, we get a weird little segment after this. Starting to wear thin on the the Bray Wyatt stuff, Robert. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt comes out as Luis puts in our our headline here. Beats the piss out of a cameraman and is stopped by Pete Williams and the security team pulling the cameraman out of the ring. I have a weird nitpick about this. I don't know if it's that weird. This was such a short little segment. Not a ton happened. I loved Bray Wyatt being like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to people wanting me to be here kind of thing. And then having a meltdown is kind of, I kind of like that. It was really quick. And the fact that his entrance is really long and so fully presentational, um, it made how quick the segment was feel like, oh, wait, what? That just happened and is over. We didn't hear from LA Knight tonight. Kind of fell off base. I'm ready for the physicality of it. I don't know when that's going to happen. Alex was like, he's not getting in the ring till Mania. And I was like, not even at Rumble. You can't try this until Mania. He needs to enter the Royal Rumble. He needs to enter the Royal Rumble. And I think, I've said this before, I think Uncle Howdy eliminates him. I don't know. I'm still going with, with it being Bo Dallas, but like at this point, because Wyatt is feuding with Wyatt, I think you just need to let Wyatt face Wyatt at WrestleMania, as weird as that sounds. Like, I can kind of dig that. I like, can kind of dig that. If you do it right and you just tell the story of Bo Dallas knows his brother is a deeply fragmented individual and is manipulating that in a very callous way, I think you have a story on your hands that can get you through WrestleMania, make a star out of Bo Dallas, and tell a fun ending to this Bray Wyatt story. I don't hate that. I do want I'm at the point where I want to see him in LA Night Fight, though. So Yeah. Um, I would do that next week. I mean, if you're loading him next week like a pay-per-view, essentially. Say, hey, Bray Wyatt's going to be in the ring. Yeah, but is Bray Wyatt's first appearance not going to be a, like, first in-ring appearance not going to be a pay-per-view? That feels... I think that they build it more around TV these days. I mean, you're not really paying per view anymore. So that's, that's a fair true. point. Jim Beard, trying again, saying, just do it so that after Bianca beats Alexa at Rumble, you have her challenge Ronda. Bianca versus Ronda would be a big match. No, I don't think they're going that way. I think they're gonna I, I'm go. sorry to inform you, Jambeard. You're not going to have to wait till the Royal Rumble. What's going to happen is uh, Alexa is going to be possessed by Bray Wyatt, and then she might actually beat Bianca Belair in uh, two weeks on Monday Night Raw. If they do Rhea versus Beth, I think you do Charlotte and Bianca. I feel like Becky and Ronda is an inevitability because the story's been right there. And I think if anything we've seen, with Rhonda, it's that she needs to be in the ring with a ring general. She can, she's actually pretty good in the ring when she has someone guiding her through a wrestling match. When she's the one that's supposed to be guiding through the wrestling match, we get kind of more unfortunate situations like what happened with, with Shotzi. I think her and Raquel is not going to be a good call. Um, so, so she needs to be in the ring, especially for something that high profile with someone like Becky. Um, I don't know where that leaves Bailey. I'm sure there'll be something. Um, in, Bailey needs a major WrestleMania match. 
I, she needs and deserves it. If I was booking Bailey, I would have had Becky beat her. And then Bailey comes out on the first part of the year and says, you know what? I've, I've had it. I'm, I'm losing left and right. And I'm going to make this all right by doing the one thing I haven't done. I'm entering the Royal Rumble. I'm beating everybody. I'm going to Mania. And then that's her story. Her story is desperation because she's the only one of the horsewomen who hasn't headlined Mania. And Ooh. she deserves it. And there's something there. Right now, I honestly, I think for all the depth they're trying to add to their women, they're missing a lot of the key points. I'm wondering if all this losing with damage control means that's a triple threat. Like that's how you implode damage control. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Becky is walking out champion against Ronda. I know that much. Cause I think we're going to get her and Rhea at SummerSlam and that's going to be awesome. They promised me that when they stared each other down. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Bailey definitely deserves it. She definitely deserves a major, major moment, but we move along to Rey Mysterio defeating Angel because I guess now people can't have last names again. So whoever asked if Vince was on the show before, the answer is yes. He's going around chopping off people's last names and in video packages. Uh, this was a perfectly fine match. Angel Garza is great in the ring. Rey Mysterio is an uh, unbelievable story of someone who should not be able to wrestle that well at their age. There were a couple of like just weird little spots, but uh, this ultimately ends as most Rey Mysterio victories end. <laughs> You've got uh, the counter set up with Angel with a 619 and then a flying DDT from Rey to follow and get the pin. And the crowd is carrying Cross with Scarlet, eyeing down the situation. Later, we see Scarlet and Emma backstage setting up a feud there. I felt like the weird in the crowd stuff didn't work but i'm excited to see cross and mysterio i think that could be a really really fun match i'm excited that they're hinting at scarlet getting back in the ring she's a, she's a perfectly suitable wrestler and they need some help on on smackdown for sure uh what did you think of this match and what did you think of the following little scarlet emma segment a short lucha burst is never going to be a bad thing I do wish that they had more time to build Angel and Umberto because they're good. And specifically, these two were like part of that trio that was carrying through the pandemic with Andrade and you had like Randy in there. They did a lot of great work and I think they should be recommend, uh, commended for that. But to the carrying cross, very mysterious stuff, eh. Like, if you can get a good match at a cross, shout out to Ray. I'm glad that Emma did something with Scarlet because I think they both need something to do. But I'm not interested in carrying cross against Mad Cat Moss. I'm just, I'm just not. Oh, we're definitely gonna get a bunch of really medium mixed tags. <laughs> but Jared chiming in saying they don't need to merge the women's title, just introduce a women's mid-card title to be shared with both brands. Yeah, that would be really, really nice. So you see, my problem with that is your last portion there, where if it's shared with both brands, then let's get rid of, let's have a unified women's world champion and then introduce a mid-card title. And then you don't have to worry about, well, I'm the Raw champion and I'm the SmackDown champion. I just don't think that there's a lot of effort there. Right down to the name, it all just feels very flat to me. 
But I do like the Effort's idea of a the keyword. Effort's the keyword because I I'm not people are very opinionated over having two or one title. I think you can make successful wrestling with either scenario perfectly well. You just have to actually go and do it. Um, I think they should have a secondary title, but they also have tag belts, which they have, they don't have a division for again. Play Mink saying, personal opinion, Bailey would be a better manager than a wrestler. She could be the next Cornette or Heenan. She has great mic skills. I disagree because I think she's one of the best in-ring storytellers that they have. I think her, her ring smarts complement what you said about her mic skills extremely well. And I, I personally like seeing the way that unfolds in a ring. I think she's awesome. I think we saw that with her and Becky. It was like two people that know how to tell an in-ring story super, super well on Raw. Absolutely. I think Bailey is the most solid and the most reliable of the four horsewomen, but I do think she'd be a great manager. Yeah, I think I think she could. I think she could do both really well. Ryan Larden saying one world title to mid-card just like the men. That's, I will that's s- the way I would book it. If I was booking it, that's how I would do it. And I will say it's weird having the men's title and the women's title operate in different ways. I don't like that. I feel like they should be consistent whether they choose one or two titles in that. Um, so, like 20 minutes of this episode was a John Cena video package. I don't have a ton to say about it. And it was the best part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> John Cena, the John Cena uh, Fort Minor, remember the name, video package, is like one of the best video packages they've done in recent years. Yes, this is the part where Vince showed up because he was on at the end. He called John Cena a real-life superhero. Whatever. John is great. I think losing John so suddenly made everybody realize how much he was needed. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. And I can't wait to see what they do with him going into Mania. If he is working Mania. If he's working Mania, to me, the move is Austin Theory for sure. I think... I, I don't even know if I like that. I think it's the best move that they could. It's the best use of John Cena that they could have. They can make Austin Theory look good. His run with the U.S. title is one of his most memorable title reigns. He's Mr. Boy Scout. I think you could do a lot of really fun things with that program. I'm not an Austin Theory gal, so I, it's not the most compelling thing I want to see. But I think it's the smartest use that they could have. For John Cena. But I also don't know. I'm like, I don't need like The Rock and John Cena coming back, taking up a ton of spots. But um, here's how you do that. And listen, there's rumors that this guy wants to work. If Austin wants to, if Stone Cold Steve Austin wants to work, you don't put him in the ring of John Cena and just go, there's your main event for a night. Like it's just these two guys. It's that draws the casual fans more than anything else you could ever do. I think that would be the move. If Austin, is wrestling if not maybe theory i'm not super in love with that but as long as they give john something good to do i agree i agree with that i think um i think it could be something really good for austin theory if it's executed properly i'll put it that way um jam beard chiming in so much support from you guys tonight thank you thank you People are already complaining about titles in both WWE and AEW. And you want to add another title? WWE already needs to merge the women's tag titles. No, you see, I'm trying to merge the two belts they have into a one singular women's world champion. And then you keep the same number of belts by having a secondary title for the women. 
Yeah, I, I will say I agree with the tag part. They should have one set of tag titles that float across all three brands because NXT's that was the plan. Yeah, it, it should have stayed that way in my in my opinion. I think the AEW title talk had a lot more to do with ROH eating up so much AEW titles. They that was 17 titles that they had going around to AEW when ROH was on their television. I feel like we're already seeing positive things happen from ROH being off TV. I think Wednesday night was maybe your best example of that. The women were in the main event slot and it was the only title defended. So it didn't feel like we're, we're letting the women main event. It was like, no, this is the only title being defended. It should main event the show, but the match kicked ass. And it was like, it was hard to put women in that slot. Cause you also had like Chris Jericho defending a title and you, had, you know what I mean? There were so many titles on the show it was hard to let any of them feel important. An average episode of Dynamite had more title defenses than Battle of the Belts, and it's called Battle of the Belts. So that's what I—that's my thoughts on it. Um, I, I think it's less about the title and it's more about the amount of effort you put around those titles. That's just for me. I've seen it be successful with multiple titles. I've seen successful merged title runs. I—I I don't think it—it it has to do with that. I think it has to do with how much creative substance you put around things. So John Cena's had a really full career and he loves America and he's coming back. Um, I don't know if you knew that, Robert, but they recapped. I, I, you like, know, his I had heard a little bit of something, but I didn't know for sure. We also got a Lacey Evans video package. And then we also had a video <laughs> with Braun Strowman and Ricochet defeating Imperium. I... Uh, did you know Lacey Evans is a Marine rapper? <laughs> I, I did. I think, look, she had a rough year in terms of the weird promos, the start and stop. I think if you just go with it and let's see what happens. Now, granted, I, I hope that the most recent backlash doesn't exactly stall her again, because at this point it's been so long that it's just like, do something with her already. I think this is a good way to go. But that's another loaded thing that they added to next week. We'll see. Lacey Evans, her mission commences next week. Um, I hope I can focus on it because I have ADHD and I didn't eat my broccoli this week. So um, we move <laughs> along <laughs> to Braun Strowman and Ricochet <laughs> defeating Imperium. Uh, as our wonderful moderator, Louis puts via love because we saw Ricochet and some major smooch, Robert. I this like was, that they, they acknowledge it, that it's, her, it's his real, you know, girlfriend. That's his real life girlfriend, they said. I was like, thanks for just acknowledging that we operate in a world of not reality, though. Like, okay, Faye, bro. <laughs> you might as well have eaten spinach the way that he reacted to this kiss. Like, it's, this was the only part I liked, to be honest. It was so like, yes, I have a girlfriend. Look at it. Look at me. I'm going to fly around the ring. It, it was fine. Like, okay, Ricochet wins. I think my favorite part for the sheer ridiculousness of it was the random ballerina who played it completely straight. <laughs> she just <laughs> twirled around the stage and took a bow and left. And then we had the New Day come in as Nutcrackers. Great shot for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Um, whatever. 
This is fine. Imperium's good. Ricochet's good. Strowman is whatever. Um, yeah, that's all I got. It was pretty whatever. Like it, it was pretty whatever. Is so good. Um, I I wish Imperium losing here meant more. It should mean something when Imperium loses, and they they really diluted the well on that. And I know this was silly. I'm trying not to take it too seriously because it was literally a miracle on 34th Street match. Like the faces are probably gonna win that, right? But at the same time, they didn't even really have the story to to put behind it. I thought there was some gonna be something really fun of like you're gonna have this over gimmicked match and these guys who are like the mat is sacred. I thought that could have been so cool if you like leaned into the idea that um when they did all that gimmicky stuff, you had Gunther like slapping people away or yeah like come out and, and do something or like Ludwig Kaiser. And uh, I always want to call them Giovanni Vinci. I always want to call them by their original names. Uh, like dismissing all the gimmicky stuff because it's a joke to them and they could still lose anyway. There's other things you could do, but I don't know. This was like, this was fine. You knew what a 30 miracle on 34th street match was going to be. I just wish they didn't choose imperium to do it because i feel like they should be a little bit more of a protected act right now i think next week gunther is going to beat the holy hell out of those guys for losing in such an embarrassing fashion where there was oh. dancers there was nutcrackers i think gunther is going to kind of abuse them next week i don't that would actually be kind of fun that would kind of be a payoff and a couple people pointing out in the chat and our own Luis. Pointing out that the ballerina, if it looked familiar, was because it was Ashley Dambois, who has we've seen on Dark, who's all over the dark, Indies, yeah. doing great stuff. So um, we got a super chat from Jam Beard that said, I think Lacey would fit right in with Control Your Narrative rather than see her on TV anytime. But here's the thing, Braun Strowman, he's right there. Yeah, yeah. I don't I I sincerely don't even know if Control Your Narrative is like a full thing anymore. Um, I, I don't I'm think it sure. is, but I do think they could lean into the, hey, look at us, we're Lacey and Braun, and we have opinions. If they wanted to, it's right there. I hope they don't, but I mean, it, it is an option they have. I uh, will read the next Super Chat. Uh, Grand B says Kofi in the bank would be the number one heel in the company. American flag emoji. Um, Cody coming back as a heel would be interesting. If he's going to dethrone Roman, he, I think he's got to come back. He's got to come back, baby face. But I, I loved Cody's Cody. heel. His last match was with an exploded pack. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to boo Cody Rhodes. It's true, not yet, but I, I do love his heel work. I'm a huge fan of his his ROH heel run. Good stuff. And then DNC Digital closing us out with the chat. Um, say, oh, Luis and people in the chat reminding me that Control Your Narrative is with NWA with with EC3. So story tracks and, uh, and Tyrus. Did you know? Nuff said, bro. Yeah. DNC Digital is saying I looked up a top 10 best JJ matches list. There were only four. I suspected the Booker matches in there. Oh, poor no Double J. Empathy for I re, look, I respect getting the bag and I respect the level of Carney he is. There's very few that are more successful doing it. I'm just saying, if you can't even give me a top five. <laughs> 
in 30 years. You're not main eventing. You shouldn't be main eventing in 2022. But not the strongest night of wrestling, but a very fun time here. We appreciate it. We got so much support from you guys tonight. Thank you so much. Um, happy and safe holiday weekend, especially you that are getting this weather. I can hear the blustering outside my window right now. It's nine degrees here in New Jersey. So please stay safe if you are traveling. Be safe uh, as, as COVID is on the rise and stuff. And just have a happy and safe holiday weekend. And all the same wishes to my dearest dude, Felice, who is going to let you know where the good people in the chat can find him. Well, thank you, Kate. Happy holidays to you. As it says right there on the screen, follow me at Dude Felice. That's literally on every social media, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, wherever you can find someone, you can find me there at Dude Felice. There'll be a lot more coming in the new year. I have a whole bunch of fun stuff. I can't wait to roll out. And I'm looking forward to all this. And thank you all for hanging out with us for two hours. Yeah, for... Not for like a, a lot of great episode. wrestling, but it was kind of fun because we got to dig into it's, it's almost the end of the year, right? To where things are going and what has been going on this year. We got to kind of talk from a higher level view. So that was fun. I'm glad we did that because I didn't need to talk about 20 minutes of a John Cena uh <laughs> video. No, but you can find me at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter and TikTok and Patreon. It's all free tiers right now. I'm going to roll out a couple paid tiers in the new year, but there will always be free engagement tiers forever, ever um, to hang out there. But new stuff coming in the new year over there. And also Kate's on Instagram if you want to see pictures of my new dog mostly. So thank you guys so much for your support tonight, your support over the past year. I guess we still have our, our final new year episode next week, I guess. But uh we appreciate it and we hope you just have a, a wonderful holiday and stay safe and warm out there. We're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.